1: What's good, internet? It's Friday, July thirty first, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode three thirty two. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Rob Zachney, back on the cast.
2: Hello, hello. Also
1: joining me, Gita Jackson.
3: Hi, it's Gita.
1: Hi, Gita. How you doing?
3: I've been better, but man, I've been listening to that Big Thief album that came out months ago. Finally, mm.
1: that How's shit that going whips. For you? That yeah, shit's good. so
3: good. Mm-hmm. Not that song. Not. Have you seen? Mm-hmm. Um, I got obsessed with the KEXP, which is a radio yeah, station that, in Seattle. has that some does excellent incredible, live performances.
1: Incredible um, live performances, yes.
3: Yeah, but they're, um, I haven't watched their KEXP yet, but the live from Bunker Studios, the performance of "Not," I'll send that to you after because, like, Please. truly, it is so emotional, so beautiful, and the guitar solo at the end is just crazy.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of things we're getting deep into, I'm just going to say it. Gita, you got me hooked on Blaze Ball. Yes! It's it's bad. It's bad news. It's I'm actually I have a message for all New York Millennial fans out there who are listening to the podcast. I need you by the end of the season to vote for Soul Swap. I need you to. I've conferred with the other New York Millennials in the discord. This is not a joke. Uh, we decided what we're going to do is we're going to put our votes into SoulSwap, which says they won't stop screaming, randomizes your team's five worst players. I think they're screaming because they're happy. Uh, yes. So please just go for it. It's going to be fine. Uh, and then I think of the decrees, I think Peanuts. I think Peanuts is the one that I think is the best. Um, Rob, I'm sorry always, to dump all this Blazeball on you. I'm sure it's a real sports aficionado. This feels like... Sacrilege. Yeah, I mean,
2: I I was briefly into it, but then I got sidetracked by Korean baseball one morning. And, okay. uh, oh I man, to I gotta
3: watch. I gotta watch Korean baseball. We've been watching the sort of truncated weird season, and uh, aside from the told Joe Kelly incident with the Astros, which was mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, if you're, I'm a Dodgers wife, essentially. David took, me to a, David took me to a Dodgers game where I met Rob Sackney. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We met in the parking lot, attempting to leave. It was exquisitely
2: awkward.
1: That's <laughs> very funny. So weird. That's very good. I
3: really had no idea who you are. If I had known you were as, as, as delightful of a human being, I would have been so much more enthusiastic about it. But I was like, you, I know you from on the internet? That's how I know you? Anyway. Um, yeah. There's an incident. Joe Kelly, like, basically almost hit a guy. The Astros were cheating. Uh, in two different times when they knocked Joe Kelly's different teams out of uh, the the, um, the the thing at the end you know the, yeah.
2: the, playoffs. the playoffs the playoffs the postseason
3: yeah he was on the Red Sox and then the Dodgers and uh, the Astros cheating beat both of them uh, Joe Kelly almost hit an Astro and then when he was walking off he just mouthed nice swing bitch <laughs> I couldn't I need to bring that energy to my to life to
1: your life yeah Rob, yeah. wait! What's up with Korean baseball?
2: Uh, it's just good. Okay. Um, so there's, <laughs> Hell yeah. there, there's two things about Korean baseball that I'm really into. One is what if a baseball uh, broadcast was just a podcast where like there's a game happening in the background. This sounds great. It's announcers checking in with their buddies on the phone and being like, so how you doing? Like, how you handling this whole coronavirus thing? Oh man, your dad's sick? Oh, like, uh, that sucks. How's he, like, how's he coming through? Uh, but then also, like, lots of just shooting the shit about general baseball topics. Um, dudes talking about, like, the culture shock leaving MLB and going and playing in Korean baseball and like how you get your own translator to basically like ride shotgun with you through life, uh, and help you figure your shit out. Uh, but here's but here's the thing I really like about Korean baseball: um, it's not as good. The players aren't as good.
0: They're not uh... bad,
2: but the play is just a little bit looser. In ways that you're like, oh, baseball is one of those games where probably the level of play has gotten so ex- like so exceptional. The dynamics that were probably there, you know, a hundred years ago, kind of vanish, right? Like fielding errors are much more shocking when they happen, right? Um, but like in Korean baseball, you will see some shit that's like uh, things that probably in pro ball would have been rounded up for a out at first in the infield. Um, we'll just take like wicked bounces and you'll see everyone co- completely flat footed by it and the game throws into chaos so it just turns into a way less um, you know how sometimes you watch baseball and it's like you're just kind of waiting for everything to go through the motions because yes. the outcome is so predictable of an at bat or a, the minute you hear contact on the ball you're like that's not going anywhere or no, that's yeah, going to be a double and yeah, it just is yeah. Korean baseball I don't know what's gonna happen. There's a little more play awesome. in
1: the play, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing
3: good. how uh, being 10% shittier can just make things more exciting. <laughs> well, this <laughs> I nice think is
1: a big part of why people love college sports, right? Is like there is a little bit more excitement, a little bit less um, uh, uh, predictability, and and also just like it turns out that having players who just like. Have other things going on in their lives besides being a sports person. Sometimes you just do you, you do the you do the stupid thing. You do the you do the you call the wrong play. You wind up in the wrong place and and chaos ensues. Um, speaking of chaos ensuing, it looks like the Philadelphia Pies have a 69% chance to beat the Sunbeams. Nice. I don't know if I should take that bet. I, I feel like. Ba- looking at the pitchers, I've never cared so much about pitching. That's not true. When I was a kid and was into baseball, I cared a lot about pitching. But uh,
3: yeah, that's how w- I can tell you when a kid.
1: <laughs> since then, uh, I've not cared as much about, about a pitching rotation as I have this week watching Blaze Blazeball. Uh, people should check it out. I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, is it too late to get into it? And I actually Absolutely think it's, not. I actually think it's like we're ahead of the big push. I think probably a week or two from now is when it'll be like so big that it's, we burn out on it. Um, uh, But right now, having a good time, the postseason for this season starts on Saturday. The New York millennials are kind of, well, you know what? We've been kind of middling, but I will say we had a lot more wins overnight last night than we did the night before. Uh, And we're, I'd say that we're contesting for the top spot in our division. Um, yeah, so I we'll woke see. up
3: with uh, enough coins to vote for peanuts three times Good so, job.
1: thank you thank you, you, know. you for voting for peanuts um, did you see that the stats got leaked the player stats
3: no they're not leaked they got
1: hacked is what they did it's not it's not the same thing as getting leaked really um yeah, they're good they're uh they're uh, so rob there's there's you know a bunch of player fake players on this league. I guess you said you already you, you've seen. Yeah, so like, a,
2: like they give you stat ratings on like a scale of five stars, but you can't get yes. granular de- detail. You, no, can't, you no. can't sabermetrics blaze ball.
1: Well, well, except that it turns out if you dig, you can. So for instance, uh, I can tell you for a fact that the New York uh, Millennials player, uh, uh, what's his name? God, uh, Schneider Bendy has the highest anti-capitalism score in the game. He has a, ni- a 0.99 anti-capitalism, which I think means he steals a lot. That's what I think that score means. Also anecdotally, I've seen him steal a lot. Uh, whereas like our, our, one of our best hitters, Dominic Marijuana, who is a three and a half star player, uh, has like a really low base thirst. Which to me, I think based, based on seeing Dom...
2: Oh, making good decisions about rounding the bases, maybe?
1: I think, just, I think it might just be speed to get to base, because let me tell you, he gets so many ground outs. He, gets like, he hits the ball consistently, but he cannot get on base. And so I think that might be like, alright, do you really want to get on base or not? Like, or are you just a slugger who can't do it? There's buoyancy? No idea what that is. Chasiness? Is that the ability to get, to grab a ground ball, maybe? I don't know. Coldness? I don't know how much I like this. Continuation? Continuation. To me, is that like a pitching stat or like your performance late in the game? Divinity? Uh, Divinity, I've lost it. I have no idea. Divinity
3: is amazing. Ground Um, friction? Unthwackability and thwackability. Both of them.
1: Thwackability Uh, has to be... Hmm...
3: Unthwackability
1: okay. is a pitcher stat. Unthwackability is. That's gotta be like con- slugging percentage or something. It has a- to about- Thwackability is slugging, and unthwackability is can you get the ball? Is, 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 oh, yeah, it could be that, right?
3: Uh, tragicness oh, is a beautiful stat. I feel like everyone should look inside themselves for their tragicness stat. But what is sh- Shakespeareanism? <laughs>
1: Shakespeare- Shakespeareanism. Uh, I, I hope I have a middling Shakespeareanism. I think that's being <laughs> honest with myself. I don't want a low Shakespeareanism, but I know no, what happens with a high Shakespeareanism. Shakespeareanism. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Michael. Uh,
3: Ruthlessness is
1: it. definitely the the this is how I win score, right? That's the, you, you're you up and you still want to score at the end. Um, I figured out how shaming works also. Shaming is the best thing in blaze ball. Shaming is when, you know how, how in regular baseball, it comes to the end of a, a game, and then let's say it's 5-5 going into the final, the bottom of the ninth. And a team scores and then the game ends because the the team that's batting scored and that means the game is over because you, you're up now and the other team doesn't have another chance. Not in Blazeball. In Blazeball the game continues and you shame the other team as maybe you continue to rack up points and make them look like shit. They have to get three outs to close off the game. And that should so be real. That's it's amazing. Real baseball, it's amazing. Let me tell you, the Blazeball Discord goes wild when a team gets shamed. I literally,
3: I just joined because I, I. You've been talking about it so much. I feel like it's going to make baseball like twenty percent more fun. fun. It's, it's already fun. It's
1: very fun when it comes to the end of like a a cycle of. Games and then everyone in the watch party chat just explodes with joy as like one the last the last game is just like a real nail biter or like you know there's there's a, a shame chance shame on deck um, it's it's very fun so that's been that's been like the thing that I've been playing this week that's brought me the most joy which probably sounds rude to the other video games I've been playing though, though also I want to shout out really quick I think I only realized late this the the team behind this I I, I had to look dig a little bit. This is made by a group called The Game Band, who made um, this kind of like puzzle adventure game that came out on Apple Arcade last year called Where Cards Fall, which is this very like quaint, cute, like game about cards, uh, like houses that you that you navigate between with cards as like the, the puzzle interface, so you're kind of like sliding things around. I think I played it at an E3 event like two years ago Uh, and it's so the opposite thing of blaze ball it's so like you know oh this is kind of a twee charming puzzle adventure game and now this is compared to blaze ball which is this like weird almost arg looking thing that wants to hide its its you know uh, design elements versus this thing that like was trying its best to be as Straight, not straightforward, but as clear of, and, and precise with how its mechanics worked, for instance, as possible. I think it's very interesting that, that they took this direction. Um, I think it's a really neat thing to be like, alright, let's just do the opposite thing of what we just did. So, uh, shout outs to the game band, shout outs to Ball for giving me some joy. I'm going to close this window now or else I'm just going to end up following the next games that happen. So, uh, what have y'all been up to? Y'all been playing anything you want to you wanna talk about?
2: Um... It's a it time on. I gotta get some bets in. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> yeah. Look, this is He's what back, happened. I, I was off this game for like two days, <gasps> and then I was like, "Hey, did they ever open that uh, forbidden book?" Oh, they did.
3: Oh, they motherfucking they did. did. Okay, so catch me up. What, what happened they,
1: with the
2: forbidden book?
1: You should open up the you should open up the book and see. Why it so says the things... Book. the Yeah, the book is oh, there. Oh, it's a redacted <laughs> rule book? Yes. Should the participants open the forbidden book, redacted, 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 suffering, redacted, 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 banished, redacted, 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 redacted shall last until redacted. So... Uh, if a team wins three championships, they in blaze ball shall ascend. So I think that's a win condition. Anyway, Rob, yes. Yeah, so the thing I, I told my friend Art uh, the other day was that I'm playing this game like it's a legacy game. Like, I just want to open up all the little envelopes. <laughs> I just want all of the things to happen. And I want to see all the mechanics. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's advancing. I'm so glad we got you back. I'm so glad you're back in it. Let's, wait, we, we don't know what your team is.
2: Um, I'm pretty sure I chose the millennials. I might have chosen Chicago, though. Fox. That's
1: fine. Let's use the listen. firefighters.
2: The firefighters
1: are, are all right. Last night um, in the Discord we did like a I was like, "Wait a second. Has anyone just totaled up the stars because it's one thing to look at these records and look at like the Dallas Stakes have are 51 and 17. They clearly have the best uh, record in the league, but I don't but their actual star stats just aren't that good. It's that 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 league has some of the weakest teams in it. The Kansas City Brethmans, the the, uh, uh, San Francisco Lovers, um, the Los Angeles Tacos, uh, and the, I want to say the Firefighters. And the Firefighters might be okay, actually. But it's like a few of the worst teams in the game are in that division. So the Stakes, who are only kind of a middling team. I mean, they're like better than, than most, but they're not at the top, they're not like in the top five in terms of pure stats, are nevertheless have the best record in the league because they're in such a, a harsh, uh, or such a, a polarized division. Whereas like the, the millennials division is really tight. And none of us have a good score because all of us are around each other in uh, total star points, um, so you know, I, I, the Hades Tigers are clearly the best team in the game. They have thirty-seven stars, which is which is three stars more than their their nearest competitor, which is the Boston Flowers. Um, I think the fact that you, you see someone like the the Charleston Shoe Thieves uh, doing so well, despite having uh, uh, you know, less points than, than many other teams on the on the on the field is is pretty remarkable. So shout outs to the Charleston Shoe Thieves. I always bet Shoe Thieves, uh, even though I happily shamed them the other night. I did that. That was me. It's sports, yeah. which means that when when my team wins, I've won. I did it especially here in this pretend video game sport where literally there's zero interaction. I'm not even a fan in the crowd clapping. No, I guess that's not true. Who knows what weird interactive elements might exist theoretically. Um, I guess like I said we're going to vote for soul steal or whatever soul swap and that's going to help our team get better. So, so there is some degree of interaction, but regardless. I'm glad we have you back, Rob. Did you make your bets?
2: Uh yeah. Um, okay. I will now pay attention to y'all and not the <laughs> items in the shop with prices and detailed descriptions. There's more in the shop now. There's
1: more yeah, in the uh-huh. shop. There's more
3: shit.
2: Uh huh. Ooh, a Listen,
3: fair weather flute.
2: A fair weather flute. You could
1: Ooh. save a well, 2000 you coins. Wanted, I
3: mean, it's 2000 coins to be a fair weather fan, Rob. Are you going to do that? Are you going to be a bandwagoner?
2: I are you going to join with the millennials? Like, oh. I could be with
3: y'all.
1: Mm. Wait, are you in Chicago now, is where yeah. you are? Yeah. Mm, yeah, listen, it, the...
2: like no, you got to suffer with Chicago sports. You got no to matter, really get through a no season, matter what you, format, yes. you just have to.
1: I feel like get you through a deal. season and then you can and then you can let yourself decide if you want to switch switch sides. Yeah. Or just start a second. set a smurf account up and <laughs> start smurfing Blazeball.
3: Oh my god. That's not a thing. It doesn't make any sense.
2: Uh, so I guess speaking of pretend sports, um, I've started playing a bit of F1 2020. Uh, okay. which is why I'm sitting in a weird position Wait. today. Um, but
1: isn't that a real sport? Hasn't that been a real sport in the last year?
2: Well, okay, yes, uh, but the video game version of it bears no resemblance to what is happening this year. Mm. Uh, so, the, there's, there's a few interesting things about F1 2020. Uh, first of all, the, F1, the, the actual F1 season this year was, like everything, completely blown out of the water by coronavirus. Uh, like literally, they had the teams in Australia for the first race of the season, uh, and like a day before they were supposed to go racing, somebody in the like in on one of the teams tested positive for COVID nineteen, and everyone was like, "This is a wrap." Like uh, at that point, there were a lot of infections in Melbourne where they race, uh, so they just canceled the race, and then they were like, "Where can we race next?" And the answer at that point was nowhere. Uh, oh. So everything went into hi- the hiatus. Uh, they they postponed a bunch of their races. Those have since been canceled. But the F1 2020 game has the season that was intended to be raced. But where things get even weirder is that in the real world, the 2020 season, now that they are racing again, now that F1 is happening again has actually become really interesting because they're racing at all these circuits that you never see in the actual F1 season. Little background, F1 is a sport that basically like can be run like a racket in some ways, and they would just soak places for uh, like hosting fees. Basically, mm. like, race promoters huh. would pay a fortune for F1 to come and like put on a race uh, at their venue. So, like, where... 20 years ago F1 was really Eurocentric and then like F1 basically went to like car countries like where there's a major auto industry or just like a major like passion for motors Uh, in the last 20 years it started like broadening its base going to a lot of what people were calling like uh, developing economies and such and so that they could prey on local race promoters there yeah. Okay. Um, basically, like, so what you, would, what you would have, for instance, is, um, like, the government of Malaysia would support a, an F1 race uh, to both, like, boost the country's prestige, and whether it lost money or not, the country was making a fortune on, I think, oil money at the time, so it didn't really matter as much. Uh, but all of that came at the cost of a lot of the, like, classic tracks that F1 used to run at. Now, they're kind of trapped in Europe. And so what they've been doing, uh, because they can't, they can't travel to the Americas, they can't travel to Asia, uh, so what they've been doing is they've started seeing, like, okay, who else can actually run an F1 race these days? And so they've started dusting off a lot of these like, really interesting tracks that we haven't seen in years uh, in F1. So they're racing at Portugal soon. Uh, they're racing at uh, the Italian circuit, Imola, uh, which is really famous. Um, they're, they're going back there for the first time in ages, which is awesome. It's cool to see, like, oh, this is something we would never have seen in F1. It's neat we're seeing these, uh, these venues those venues certainly do not exist in F1 2020 uh, because obviously they, they were sort of ad hoc placed on the schedule and so F1 2020 like, takes place in this alternate world where the season went off without a hitch um, and it I am surprised how much it is kind of bumming me out that it doesn't seem like there's any plans to support a version that like, okay, we'll actually put the real race calendar into F1 2020 um, th- that would that would certainly be a lot of work because uh, there's a lot of tracks they just never built and they never like assembled reference material for. But like I would be, I would like kill to-, to be able to race at uh, Ferrari's test track at Mugello, uh, you know, in F 2020. The other thing they rolled out this year was a franchise mode. They've always done stuff where as driver you could direct the development of your racing team Uh, but this year they're allowing you to create your own team and basically do a motorsports manager type thing inside of F1 2020 Uh, and it doesn't really it it doesn't compare to motorsport manager uh, for sure but it is very funny seeing how this game represents the business of running an an F1 team uh, and so, one of the things you do is you you know you do the usual like choose your sponsors, what bonuses are associated with them, what performance goals you have to meet. Um, you give interviews, and if you like talk shit about the chassis, the chassis development department gets sad, yeah. uh, and they are more likely to fuck up on the next like parts component like, like parts development that you you commission. Uh, but it's also very funny because. Basically they're trying to they, they try to turn F1 of this thing where you they take the recognizable brands, but each of them is standing in for to some degree like a game concept, a trade-off. So like you can choose the Honda engines and they're the cheapest and they are the least reliable um, and their power is decent. But that does reflect the fact that Honda kind of new in the sport. Mm. Or you can spend the most money and buy the Ferrari engines, which are the most powerful and the most durable. Uh, but they're just the most expensive. That's very funny. That's a very funny choice, though, because Ferrari by far has the worst engines this year, and they only had good engines because it turns out they may have been cheating last year yes. and they got caught. Oh. Um, and but F one. Like- the name prestige
1: means in the video game world, they're the best ones. They're Ferrari.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think also the game might be drawing some of its conclusions from like the weird boost in power the oh, Ferrari I engine got until uh, the governing body was like... So F1 is... It's super political and a lot of stuff happens a little bit under the table. So... For a few, like, months there, Ferrari suddenly started putting out, like, crazy power with their engine. Like, they were the fastest car in a straight line on, on the track. And it was like, Ferrari has figured the shit out. They're kicking ass. And then, like, I think right as they were, they were about to run their race in the U.S., um, F1, the governing body, was forced to issue a clarification about fuel sensors. And one of the other teams had basically asked, hey, um, just out of curiosity, are you allowed to only send a certain amount of fuel through the fuel injection system, timed with when the sensor is taking data? And then when the sensor's not taking data, you can do whatever you want. and F1 was like, no, you can't do that. But what that reflected was people had figured out that what Ferrari seemed to have been doing was the you're, you're limited in how much fuel you can send to the engine. F1, the sensor takes like 3,600 readings per, uh, I think per per minute, maybe per second uh, in in F1, and they had timed it so they were sending more fuel through when the it, when the sensor wasn't reading. Um, like so sneaking
1: the, it through the propeller almost, right? Yes. Like sneaking it past. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. And so that's why... Like, that's that like that an appears, incredible
1: feat of engineering probably, but also
2: that's cheating. Yes, it's unreal. Like the, the fact that somebody figured out how you can do this astounds me. Like I just can't imagine the precision to like in those little windows, yeah. flood the engine with fuel. And then yeah. when the sensors like coming back, like, literally nanoseconds later. Right. The It's like a Mission like,
1: Impossible of a, a yeah. feat of engineering, right? Like, this is how you get Ethan Hunt into the vault. You you have to flood the engine timed, you know, every one half second for three, you know, or every... God, it's even more than... It's
3: unbelievable. This is so much cooler than the Astros cheating, I have to say.
2: Yeah, the Astros cheating! <laughs> bang! Bonk, bang! Bonk, bonk, bonk. Bonk. <laughs>
1: Some people don't remember the Astros <laughs> had a system where they were where they were telling the the hitters what the pitch was going to be by by hitting the top of a trash can with a stick basically to communicate different calls. No, and, my uh, favorite.
3: My uh, favorite is when they, they did come up with like a dumb high tech solution, which was like having like a microphone underneath right, the thing. Right. Right. the player that like was known for taking off his shirt after hitting home runs didn't, was like refusing to let other people remove his shirt for him no, and no, then no. Afterwards,
1: I have a really big, I feel okay, bad about my body me. today. I'm just going to just yeah. chill.
3: Yeah, he was like, I'm shy. Me as a baseball player. Yeah,
1: I
2: missed that part entirely. So like basically oh a dude was God. wired and was doing the like, Crime yeah. movie thing where
1: like yeah. hey, Don't I touch need to me. see. Don't
3: touch me. <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> so good. <laughs> that's <is> great. <laughs> it was amazing.
1: Oh, that's so. That's...
3: Uh, the best Twitter account right now is Astro Shame Tour Twenty Twenty. Go follow it. <laughs> oh, God.
2: God. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's very funny that F one ex- like F one Twenty Twenty just exists in this world where like the things that we thought at some point last season remain true, which is that. F1 will look a certain way in 2020 and also that like Ferrari they have the best engine definitely by far what a great what a great engine uh, Ferrari makes and this year like Ferrari is noticeably like it is you know the comparison is like they're running a lawnmower engine uh, while everyone else is running a race car engine right it's that bad Um, Um, all this makes
1: me recall like all the conversations we've had um, pieces like Nick Capozzoli's on on the uh, NFL, uh, on on the Madden games, and the things that are that are uh, kind of ext- you know extricated, extricated from sports video games that exist in sport, uh, including cheating, racism, <laughs> um, uh, uh, the the fact that, that there are labor struggles, like all of the things that, that actually embody the breadth of what sport is as a professional enterprise. Um, that games cannot include injury, like serious life-threatening injuries, uh, or, or, or uh, you know, technologies needing to be invented to try to reduce the threat of injuries. Um, uh, all sorts of scandals, right? Uh, you know, a game, especially in today's you know, game space where you do have a franchise mode or a campaign mode, or like a player uh, embodiment mode in, in uh, team sports games where you're like, all right, I'm going to play this quarterback. Um, and they they want as much of the simulation or the, the, the kind of... They want to immerse you in in many things that are off the field, right? They want you to care about fashion. They want you to care about a fake Twitter. They want you to, to, to care about even, oh, yeah, this character is like your agent and da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, yeah. And I guess, I, I guess in some cases you get some of that stuff in the story mode. I know that the FIFA story mode definitely had some, like you know, off off the field scandals or betrayals or, you know, like that stuff happens in story modes in games. But there are so many things that, that just the because of the importance of maintaining the license and maintaining the, the integrity of the brand, you're not going to get the what really happens in sports. And instead, you're going to always get this sort of plastic version of the game um, because it's a, yeah. it is a promotional tool, uh, most of all.
3: Yeah. You know, for example, uh, we're not going to you're never going to see a moment like Joe Kelly almost hitting a guy with a ball <laughs> in a baseball in MLB The Show, right?
1: You no. might, you can you can be people in that game, right? But you can't. Yeah,
3: but it's have, not going to be, a, thi- it'll be right. a thing where you are bringing yes. your knowledge of that rivalry to the game. They're dependent on you being such a big fan of baseball that you will enact these rivalries. The rivalry that clearly exists between Joe Kelly specifically and every Astro that exists in the world is not going to be there. That's something, that's the, a meta game that they kind of refuse mm. to acknowledge exists. Joe Kelly is clearly playing a different baseball game against the <laughs> Astros than he is against any other team. Also, he was suspended for eight games, which is effectively the rest of the season, which is hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what season this year? Um, me, uh, you know, sports video games are basically just promotional tools for huge uh, exploitative industries. Also, me, have y'all seen the new FIFA 2021 <laughs> cover art? It's sick. Yo,
3: I have not. Though. It's
1: so sick. Yo! Uh, they decided to make. They decided to make uh, all of the the new uh, EA Sports covers like That's actually amazing. actually sick as shit. Fuck!
2: I'm gonna buy this shit.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, for people who can't see it, um, Criterion it is,
2: presents.
1: Yeah, it's it's. it's I very guess this is the, the I guess this is the ultimate edition art. Uh, the but but even the regular one is still a step up from just like. Sports guy screaming. I mean, listen. I'll be honest. Sports guy is still screaming. Uh, here he is. This is this is this is him. Um, yeah. But around him is at least some stuff going on here. Uh, it's Killian uh, Mbappe, who is a French a French player. Um, and uh, on the like the ultimate edition of the of the game, it's just like a sick black and white photo of him walking and like just dripped out of his mind. Uh, and it just says ultimate edition in kind of an empty, like a like a, a neutral space or just like an outline of a font. It's just very... I hate how much I want this. It's so you know, relaxed. It, it's so I good. I need a poster
3: of this. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it's just black excellence in yep. a little... Yep. I mean, it. I, my other thought was this could be an advertisement for a Supreme. But right, that you know, is it, yeah, essentially uh-huh. the, like, that's the... That's the sports vibe that they're going for. Right? You yeah,
1: know? 100%. It's not um,
3: bad. It's acknowledging, the, like, how the world is and how people play and think about sports and yes. think about people who play sports.
1: Yeah, the, I, I would the love. The Madden
3: 21 I saw. And yeah, I thought that black and white one. photo of uh, Lamar Jacobson is just gorgeous. Like, um, his skin looks amazing. They,
1: they shot a good, they did a good job shooting <laughs> shooting him, which is, uh, again, not nor- normally you just get sports mode uh and it's cool to get a, a slightly different vibe i would love the games to feel like this uh, in some ways i would love that 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 uh that move but also Where's again my
2: black and white photo of andy reed though that's the that, cover that's I what i want one.
1: yeah just
2: like just like andy uh, reed like staring at the x's and o's or something like please. that just a big friendly walrus mustache uh, give me dream. that cover
1: yeah. Well, now I'm looking at black and white, real black and white photos of Andy Reid, including one in which it he's. This is from forever ago, but it's fantastic. Uh, it's this is young Andy Reid kneeling next to a a helmet that looks like it has the Yahoo Y on it. I'm sure that's not what it is. Perfect. I'm sure that's. From some college team, I don't know what. Uh, no, it's hey, Yahoo. That's Yahoo. The Yahoo Sports. See, that's the newest Blazeball team. The <laughs> Yahoo football players. They're, why are they playing Blazeball now? Who could say? Oh God. Well, Rob, thank you for the F1 update. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that at the very least you have you have video game F1 to keep you to keep you going. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and then and then Gita, you can give me an update on what else you're you're getting into. Okay.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. All
1: right, we are back. Uh, How's it going? What have you been up to, Gita?
3: So uh, let me tell you some backstory and how my brain works just real quick. I have this d- learning disability that sounds fake, but is real. Mm-hmm. It's called dyscalculia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dyslexia, but just with numbers. I might actually be also dyslexic. None of these things have actually been diagnosed. I just uh, be- have always been bad at math, but understand math concepts, essentially, okay. where stuff like pattern recognition, geometry, I was always very, very good at. I love mm, puzzles that involve understanding, like how patterns appear and all that stuff. But I've just not. When a number is over a certain amount of digits, like over five digits, I, it doesn't look like a, anything to me. It looks like a bunch of gibberish. It, the, all the numbers look the same. Uh, I was totally was lazy very, very much until I Googled all numbers look the same and realized that this is a real thing that happens. Uh, so part of that is I, I've always like wanted to understand what Sudoku is, but mm. I've just looked at it and seen a mess of numbers and it's just like uh, my brain is not gonna wrap around this like it's going to the information is going to bounce off and i won't be able to get into it and that sucks however uh yesterday i was solving sudoku puzzles in under two minutes and that was because zach gage came out with a new version of sudoku called good sudoku and it's it's great and it's good uh, Yeah. So Zach Gage is a person who has done like variations on like word puzzle games and solitaire. He has really bad chess, chess with randomized pieces. Yeah. Flip flop, which is a. Yeah, I just I just grabbed it again. I had deleted it off my phone. Cause I had, at a certain point, I was like, "No more, yeah. can't do this." Yeah, um, flip flop, which is another great like idle thing to do with your thumbs, just um, solitaire but with expanded rules. Right, spell-, um, spell
1: tower, which I meant to mention this when it first dropped, but there was a new there was a new re release of spell tower on iOS and uh, Android called spell tower plus. I think it was on Android too. Maybe it's only on iOS uh, last year. Um, and spell tower was like one of the first incredible word games on iOS, like it was one of the earliest, like, oh, wow, this is a, this platform totally works for games in a really cool way. Uh, so yeah, Zach's been killing it since, since yeah. forever, you know?
3: And these are like, these are games that even though you will have to pay to unlock some features, they are not loaded with ads. They look beautiful on your phone. Right. They just really, really look good. Uh, and that enhances the experience of playing, like, Sudoku on your phone so much. Uh, in the little introduction to Good Sudoku, um, he says the him and, I think, Schlesinger? Uh, something Schlesinger is the other person who made this game with him. Uh, he says, like, they got really into Sudoku, like pen and paper, and then tried to find us good Sudoku apps where you play on your phone and discovered quickly that all Sudoku apps just suck. Like not just, not only are they like ugly to look at and like difficult to play, they don't have good tools for like teaching you how to be a better player or helping people understand the game if they haven't played Mm -hmm. before. So not only is like good Sudoku just like a Sudoku app that It's easier to play like for instance has an automatic note-taking feature so it will mark all the pod number possibilities for you if you don't want to just go through and like look at every single square and like fuck that up on your own which i appreciate because again all numbers look the fucking same to me yeah (laughs) um it will teach you like the concepts, the core concepts of Sudoku, and I now understand this puzzle game like a whole lot better than I did when I was just trying to learn it on my own. Like the concept of Sudoku is something if you play Picross, it like probably will like click in your brain a little bit. It's um, a grid of nine by nine squares that each have nine squares in them. You every row, column, and house—that's so those are squares—must um, contain the digits one through nine. And each row, column, and house cannot have more than one of each digit in it. So you get these sheets that essentially have some of the numbers filled out, and your job is to fill out the rest of them. Uh, When it's easy, it can be really, really easy. And in fact, some of the, uh, the beginner modes of good Sudoku have a little bit of a press X to win feel to them sometimes because of the tools it gives you to speed up the process. So if you have taken accurate notes in Good uh, Sudoku or use the automatic note-taking feature. It also has a feature that will complete houses once it sees like what numbers can go in a house. If there's only one possibility for where an eight can go, it'll just plop that in. And a lot of the time when you get to that place where there's only one possibility left, it's kind of like dominoes where put the eight in and then the seven falls in and the four falls in and then the house is completed. And then... The game can just sort of make intu- intuitions based on that to like understand where the rest of the numbers go, and I felt like I wasn't truly understanding the concepts, but um, it did empower me like just by being able to look at the numbers and having accurate note taking that wasn't based on my own faulty eyeballs, like to to see how quickly you can solve these puzzles once you get the core concept. I again, I was doing, I did a puzzle in like a minute, okay. uh, with the mode,
2: <clears throat> um, Gita. When I yes. look at a Sudoku uh, table, to me, it's like I like the only thing I can think I would be doing would be like, okay, uh, this number can't go here, can't go there, uh, and I would just be doing that until I slowly lose my mind, uh, just sort of counting where things can go and how it all fit together, uh, mm-hmm. and so to me, like that's that's basically the only way I would know how to play what are some other approaches that are out there? Like, what is the next level of, like, oh, here is a process by which I can solve this shit?
3: Well, Rob, what I'm discovering, because it gives you some uh, little lessons on concepts of Sudoku to figure out how to recognize patterns, uh, what I'm learning essentially is that this is a game that is about the part of math that I am good at, which is pattern recognition and, like, understanding Based on available information, like the process of elimination stuff, uh, but also using those options that, that look opaque and like using the numbers that appear to actually place the others. It, it will gives you some lessons. Uh, some of these concepts are really goofy sounding. Like, uh, if there's only one five in a in a in a house, row, or column, then that's called a a hidden pair, and that's like a a, a hidden single, actually. And in my head I just kept thinking living single every time I found one of those. And <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, uh a uh if you're in a row or in a house, there's in one row or column, there's uh only a place where two numbers can be, like a four and seven. That's called a, a it's called a naked pair, <laughs> which makes me laugh every time. Great
1: anime, naked pair, fantastic eighties. They go to all sorts of hijinks.
3: Yeah, so it, it teaches you. Not just like a, like a more standardized version to do the thing that you were going to be doing anyway, but a way, a, the way that that can lead to actual answers where you know, okay, well, I've eliminated where everyone else everything else can be, but I also know where this number can only exist, thus creating a board that makes like that has more information on it. Um, what a big thing that helps with this is they have this thing that also helps with my dyscalculia called. Um, Uh, focus mode, where instead of just relying on you to look across the entire board and see where things can't be and to mark that meticulously, you can press a number one on your little keypad, and it will show you, it will highlight all the squares that ones are in, and then all the squares that are affected by that. So therefore, it brings into focus the only places where you could put a one. And that reveals the pattern's a lot more easily because you're essentially having someone just put a highlighter all over the rest of the board and be like, look at only here. Look only here, and you will understand the secret Sudoku knowledge. Um, The goal seems to be eventually leading you up to the place where you can do this on pen and paper. But it's really, really cool. Like the hint mode is also just like so much better than every other Sudoku app I've used because it shows you the concept you're missing. And then if you want further hints, it will explain to you how you use that concept to fill out the board like, um, how the fuck
1: was I supposed to know that is the constant thing that happens to me when I'm playing, not just Sudoku, but, like, if I'm playing Picross, like you said, or a number of other sort of number or word puzzle type games where, like, that have solutions where, like, I I guess I would have gotten there eventually by process of elimination going back to what Rob was saying, I could scan like, one by one and try to get this but you're telling me that there's, like, a faster way to do that, and the fact that 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 good Sudoku is like, yeah, there is there's, like, here is a way of thinking about the way these numbers show up that will help you recognize a larger pattern inside of the sudoku puzzle is such a such a difference from from every other sudoku app i've ever i've ever looked at you know and
3: i can measure my like improvement too which is really exciting like i stayed up way too late last night playing good sudoku and i couldn't sleep and um I went from I, I, the the beginner puzzles. I was like, OK, I know enough about Sudoku that I think I can move on from these. The advanced puzzles were a little bit trickier, but I found that I was having to turn off some of the helper modes uh, in order to make them challenging at all. And at that point, I was like, OK, I could probably do these without the special you know help that this game gives you. So I, I went straight into expert. I went from taking 20 minutes to solve an expert puzzle to taking you know, five to seven minutes to solve an expert puzzle. And I was using much fewer hints. And I could tell that I was recognizing some of these, you know, the naked pair splits and all the the pointing triples. I was recognizing them without the game telling me where they were. And um, there is some AI built into this where it will tell you also if you've like completed a certain amount of puzzles that contain a particular concept without using hints to point them out to you. So it shows you your own mastery of these concepts over time as well. It, it makes you feel really smart as opposed to a lot of Sudoku apps, which make you feel really freaking stupid.
1: Totally. Totally. Um, I, I played a bunch of, um, what's it called? Uh, Murder by Numbers. Uh, I think it's the name of the game that came out la- or this past year. Yes. Um, and I wish it had had some of the, te- the like learning techniques in Good Sudoku because that game is really cool. Um, and I found myself learning, I did find myself learning certain types of techniques, um, like the, the hidden single, the thing of like, if, if you have a bunch of things in a row that all have the same basic, like numbers that are, or, or like they have a bunch of different things, but only the, on, in one square. Uh, it's the only time a certain number shows up, that's the one um, uh, the, like, I learned that technique from playing that game, but not because it taught me that technique, it was just like a thing I picked up along the way, and I would love I wish that it would have had this style of like Technique teaching because it would have made that game a lot more enjoyable I probably would have stuck it out as, You know as it is I only got into the second case and moved on um, But maybe with some time with good Sudoku, I'll end up going back and just blur like blowing through all of murder by number uh, Murder by numbers Because um, that game that game had a great atmosphere. It just also was just Sudoku over and over again. So um, So yeah, good Sudoku, Zach Gage shout outs uh, as always. Um, anyone else want to want to bring something to the table? I have a question for Rob, but it's going to be the very very end. And Gita, you already know this question because you answered it last week. Uh, mm-hmm. But but Rob, if you want to if if you want to relitigate something, now is the time. I think. No,
2: I'm happy to.
1: Oh, okay. You're gonna punt now. You're not gonna you're not gonna bring it to the table.
2: Uh, I, I mean, I can bring it up, uh, but I also feel like would Patrick want to be in that conversation about the in isolation? I think no, which
1: is why we should wait until Patrick is
2: on to have the conversation.
1: Mm. You see? Yeah. Okay, I think he's so dodging it. Okay, so spitefully wait for him. Yeah, exactly. He tried so to duck it. He was he like, tried to, oh, he's like I got, I'm going to get I out got of here. I kids, man. I, I can't do this. Oh. I got to do work. Video game reporter yeah. stuff. You know, you know how it is. No, Patrick, we're going to wait for you. Uh, well, let me let me do, like, I'll, I'll, we're going gonna to save Alien Isolation and revisit. Uh, and that's good, because maybe I'll put some more time into it before we revisit it. We'll see. Um, but I did play Carrion, which I, I said last week or on Monday that I was going to talk about a little bit. Um, and that is, like, the opposite of Alien Isolation. Or it's, like, the inverse of Alien Isolation in that you are the alien. Uh, and what you're doing is isolating humans from one another so you can tear them apart limb from limb. Um, and that game is... That game is okay uh i'm kind of i'm like positive on that game but i'm not i don't think i'm beat that game positive on it um uh partially because i'm I'm sort of like of two minds with it um for people who don't know it is kind of a 2d um uh metroidvania-esque thing and i say metroidvania-esque because of some of the decisions that it makes around what sort of information it's willing to give you. Um, and it's it's limiting that stuff in some ways because of the core theme and like setting of the game. So for instance, uh, you're playing this big mass of blood and guts and limbs and tentacles and teeth, right? That is that if that already sounds bad to you, you are not going to like this game, let me tell you. Um, uh, and in that game, um, you need to explore a facility, kill a bunch of humans, uh, reconnect with other parts of your experimental body to get new abilities, uh, and presumably eventually escape. I don't know. I, I have not figured out what the long-term thing is. I'm about a third, maybe half of the way through the game, based on looking at like a long play you know, video. Um, and uh, uh, the, one of the things that it doesn't give you is a map. Because why would your weird alien body have a map, right? Um, uh, that you can you can like scan the environment with a scream and like echo locate your way to checkpoints. You can echo locate your way to human body parts for your you to devour. Um, But what you cannot do is like pull up a map of the facility, so even though it is that sort of open, um, you know, Castlevania Symphony of the Night style space where everything connects and you can go between different areas, and in fact you get abilities that you want to go back to previous areas to use, you can't ever pull up the entire world and be like, ah, here is what I'm seeing, or at least, again, not through halfway through the game can you do that. Um, uh, but but even that is like less of the, the the issue for me to some degree. I mean the other thing that again is in theme with the game, but that I'm finding to m- maybe reduce my enjoyment of it is I'm not having a particularly challenging time because I'm an unbeatable super monster um, that devours everything in in my path. Uh, and that is fine, because it's such a unique experience. You know, most games like this, you're gonna get into a boss fight and the boss is gonna kick your ass and you're gonna have to go grind a little bit or you're gonna have to figure out some new way of of fighting that boss or whatever. And that's just not what this is. The bulk of the enemies you fight for the first, two hours are just completely useless against you. You're this huge mass that is, like, flinging itself through these levels, and just basically touching them or grabbing them instantly wins you that fight. Eventually, it introduces enemies that have kind of shields, like electro, like electro shields, that will block uh, your attacks and push you back and stun you, and then they can shoot you a little bit. But, you know, they're always in rooms where there is a duct you can move through or some other way of getting around them, or you can use an ability to, to web them to the wall and then eat them or whatever it is and you know again eventually they introduce new enemies that theoretically should be more difficult but i never i haven't died once in this game i haven't had a moment where i felt like i've been in a difficult position like oh how do i deal with this they've even introduced tiny mechs to fight and those were like all right i just pop the top off like it's a can of pringles and eat what's inside it's not that big of a deal um and I would say that that's also the case with the puzzles and traversal. Um, There's some, like, unique mechanical interactions that have been fun in terms of, like, oh, how do I flood this area so I can turn into weird water worms? Or how do I use my, like... Possession ability to take control of someone to flip a lever or something, but it's all been fairly straightforward in a way that I don't I don't get that nice buzz that you get in 2d like exploration Yeah, I don't get like the Hollow Knight buzz In Hollow Knight It was common that I'd be like, oh, whoa, I figured this out I know where I'm I I didn't know where I was gonna go I figured this out and I did a cool jumping puzzle and blah 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 and again part of that is moving the monster around is so simple like it's it glides across the screen it's very easy to to get from point A to point B. There's no jumping puzzles because you're just like clinging onto the background effectively. Like you're just flinging yourself everywhere constantly and it doesn't have like a when I say fling, fling is probably the wrong word because fling suggests a sense of release and like uncontrol. If you fling a rubber band, it moves through the air and it doesn't get to control itself. But in this it's con- you're constantly like connected to the walls around you in such a way that you're always in complete control. And I know that what it's going for then is this style of power fantasy. Like That is what it wants you to, to be, is this like unbeatable super monster for five or six hours. But I, I found I only could do that for a couple of hours before I started to get bored. Um, there's some stuff with story mode, or not story mode, there's some stuff with like some story stuff that's kind of interesting. Every once in a while you go into a machine and See a flashback, or a flash forward, or a flash sideways into a human who is investigating a facility that has been infected, um, and that's neat. Like that, that stuff is is kind of interesting to change perspectives and have to do human scale puzzles, I guess. Um, but it's also just it just hasn't been enough for me to sustain the, the the length of game it is. Like I think if it was two hours, I would have beaten it, or if it was three hours, you know, I put. I don't even know what I put into it. Let me let me just double check. But if it would, if it was only like an hour more than what I put into it, I would have put another hour in. I, I put I put two hours into it. So if if it was three hours, I would have beaten it. But it's like five or six, uh, is from what I've heard, and and that makes me think like, uh, do I really want to stick it out? Um, which, again, maybe I'm just not the target audience. This this does feel very much like a Patrick game. I think Patrick would probably wrap this up. Uh, no, no, no.
2: Patrick can also be very fussy about these types of games.
1: This is true. This is true. He is, he is like, known. It,
2: it, it's tricky because that is a... That seems like it's a difficult challenge for a game to solve of, yes. like... The entire game is meant to feel like how a denouement feels like in most games right where yes. like you've given you've been given every tool and now it is time to just put into practice like all the things you've mastered and all the abilities we've given you now you're just gonna unload on this level uh, but if the entire game is that then what you've created is a flat surface right like yeah the the hill you're supposed to climb is now just a plateau that you travel across but that uh, should be so clear that is a tricky thing
1: there are upgrades to abilities. I think one of the smartest design ideas that it has is that your body can grow in scale three or two times, right? So you start with like, you start with five health, then you jump up to 10 health, then you jump to 15 health. And at each of those jumps, you're getting a double or you're an extra body mass. And your basic abilities change depending on which scale you're at, right? So your um, first level, at the tiniest level, you have this, like, you can shoot a web to web someone to the wall and prevent them from moving. At the second scale, um, uh, that button does like a charge instead and you can break through certain things or charge down enemies. Um, And that means that there are puzzles built around that mechanic, right? It's like, "Oh, I need to give up some of my body mass, go smaller, be weaker so that I can web this lever through a through a, a gateway that I can't break through and then I can go back and get my body mass and then go back through it and da 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 da." da. That stuff is is fine except that because they're all traditional puzzle solutions, it's just like sliding the pieces into place. It's never like improvisation. It's never like, ooh, I bet if I reduce my scale down, I can f- have this fight will go a different way or be more interesting or something like that. Or I like being in this mode the most, so I'm always going to be like that. It, it really does feel choreographed in, in terms of like what it expects you to do. I um, mean, for that reason, there is also a flatness or, or even not a flatness, but a um, it feels like a roller coaster in some ways, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, this is the part where I go down. And that's fine, but it's not... Ironically, this game shouldn't feel like a roller coaster. It should feel like Spinny Cops. It should feel like what is going on? I'm this beast. I'm all over the place. I don't want to feel the rails in a game where I'm supposed to be uh, a monster on the loose. Um, it, you know, I think to some degree to emphasize what you're saying is there was a there was an independent game a few years ago that was very popular. And I don't want to give it away because there's to some degree this is a spoiler that ends with a segment that's sort of like this game. Uh, and I think at the time one of the things people said was like I wish I could have done that more. And I remember being like. I don't think you do. I think that would have not sustained itself for much longer than that. And this to me feels like a case for for that. This game it doesn't that core premise, even with some added stuff to it, just doesn't work as well as as you want because you're so un- invulnerable and because the the core like mechanics, the core the core verbs that you have at your disposal just aren't broad enough.
2: I wish I had fresher memories of Prototype also mm. being a game yeah. that, like, remember, that was a superhero game where actually, like, you were clearly turning into the supervillain, yes, right? Yes, but yes, But the, the whole point was, like, it did a really good job of communicating you were just an unstoppable badass. Like, the entire game is setting up these moments of, like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, and indeed, it turns out people <laughs> would not like you when you're angry. Uh, but if memory serves, I think one of the raps on that game was also, like, once that game sort of revealed its bag of tricks early yeah. what was the rest of it it was going I think for sort of that longer format open-ended style of game and really what you had was a short focused experience introducing this character that was going to be the monster of the, the series right? Uh, and so it's it sort of like I'm, I'm here, sort of reminiscent things here where it's like oh wouldn't it be awesome if you're the monster in, in a game and the answer is yes but maybe not as but maybe that's a different Story that doesn't hold interest for as long as like the traditional, um, like you know, power curve. Uh, yeah, I, so. I
1: think it's a really a really good comparison because I think you're totally right. From from remembering playing prototype, I think I reviewed it for some site back then. Uh, that that review is almost certainly gone now, but I really liked the first, you know, half of it, the first third of it, something like that, because of of the way it was unfolding new mechanics. It did. you did get to that point where you're like, whoa, this is really impressive, like, how I'm moving around this environment, the speed, the strength that I have, the choices that I'm making about which upgrades to take, etc. I, I think that was choice-based. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, uh, but then there was a point in that game where you were just like, all right, this is a cakewalk. Every base I'm going into is a cakewalk. Kill three tanks or whatever, get the captain, like, you know, take over the captain's mind or whatever it was, again and again and again and again, and it just completely lost all... You know it, it turns out that without any sort of interesting um, uh, thing to counter you, your abilities don't actually feel that powerful. They in fact, like you said before, feel flat. Um, they they feel lifeless. Uh, and that's and that's sort of what I think has happened here in Carrion. Um, uh But again, I, you know that I'm this is not my genre uh, of choice. Uh, but, but you know, I, I felt like it was probably better. I think the moment is closing on, on which people are going to be very interested in what my carrion thoughts are. So I'd rather get them out there today than than sit with it and try to come back to it after I put more time into it, knowing that I probably will not. So that is carrion. Um, before we go, Rob, I do have to ask you a question. And again, I say only Rob because Gidi and I answered this last week. Uh, this one uh, comes in from Waz, who says... What is something that is worth spending money on to get the nice version of? Bonus challenge. It cannot be something separating you from the ground, since those are the obvious answers. Rob is is so wait, like
2: what's like when is it worth it to get the nice version of a thing? Yeah. What's the Always. Yes. Okay, but you know people have limited <laughs> budgets.
1: So so you have a little extra money in your pocket and you're trying to prioritize. Okay. You know what, yeah, I'm going to really we treat myself. can't all
3: be just pure hedonists, Rob. Like
1: Rob. Rob, by Yet. the way, is on a throne right now, draped in the finest uh, of, of, of... He's
3: wearing a sweatsuit of just purple velvet right true. now. That's true.
1: Grapes you in know? one hand, $500 <laughs> whiskey in the other. Everywhere yeah. I touch. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Sweating. It's so hot, but he doesn't care.
2: Controllers wrapped in it like,
1: like yeah. grandma's car in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> Love it. Incredible. <laughs> Towels on the seats. This is crazy class to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
1: A sense of class I like you lived through the, the Great record, Depression. Like you just. Yes.
3: Rob, I said for the record last time, this, I, and they just arrived also, just so we know. The simple human kitchen narrow one gallon trash can trash cans. They're perfect. That's a great one. Right? That's That's great. A good They're 40 one. fucking bucks, so that might feel ridiculous if you have never spent $40 on a trash can, but so they are the perfect trash can. I said sheets. I, I
1: said very nice sheets or bedding in general right. is where I went.
3: Yes. you. I mean, you it's the feel. next step up from just being draped in velour. It's true.
2: <laughs> when I moved to LA, uh, I dragged one of my poor friends because uh, I had friends out there and I was like, I don't have a car, but you do. Uh, I've got this place. I'm moving into it. Can you help me, like, you know, get some shit for it, uh, and so I dragged them to, um, like, a Target at, like, I want to say it was out in Burbank at, like, 9, 10 p.m., like, real, real, like, L.A. Uh, nightlife type hours of just, uh-huh. like, what sort of people are buying homewares at, like, 10 p.m. Uh, at Target, and there was a point where he just wanted to go home, and I was, like, In the trash can section, it was like, just buy this Rubbermaid thing. And I was like, I looked at it, and I just said, I can't have that in my life. (laughs) And he just lost it on me. But I found a simple human thing, like, around the corner on the end cap, and I was like, see? See how much nicer this is? And I was right, because that Rubbermaid was going to let all the trash smells out into the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That simple human was, like, hermetically sealed.
1: Okay, but this is still Gita's answer. What's your answer? Uh, Ooh. Okay. It doesn't I, so it right. can't be like this chairs. Be, it can't or be beds. chairs or beds or shoes. I think those are all things that separate you from the floor. Cuz okay. those are good answers, but but they are that's what they are. Yeah. Um. Also, what a good I, I just shout outs to the the question writer here for identifying that through line between good things in your in your life. of being like all of these all of the good answers for this are things that separate you from the ground. That is not how I think about the world. Uh, and so, no, shout outs but to- But they're right. Yeah, they're totally right. <laughs> they rule I out furniture say, and seat
2: upgrades. Yeah,
1: yeah
3: I, I've always say also um, to people that are like buying their first nice thing, but because they've just suddenly, they, they have they have nice thing money. Mm-hmm. Uh, good pair of shoes. You wear that shit every you day. You wear
1: that shit every day, get, get shoes you, you like. Sh-
3: and also, like, your uh, if you're a person that carries a bag in any capacity, uh, whether it be a backpack, messenger bag, purse, good bag. You're going to use that a lot. You don't want to put, like, a good bag. I bought my share of ASOS bags. Those shits will fall apart within a year. You want a bag, you can take places.
1: You want a bag, you can take places. Secure the bag. That's what that means, actually. People That's what that means, People are wondering actually, yeah. what secure the bag means.
3: We're both black, so you, you have, have to trust
1: us. You have to trust us. us. Trust us Otherwise on this. Otherwise, it's racist. You can say, say this on TikTok. It'll make you famous. You'll, people will love it.
3: <laughs> I got so mad that other day I did the quit TikTok and disgust that someone was spreading that false etymology of picnic on there. Oh I got, I've got i been trapped in the woke black person algorithm for so long, I can't be on it.
1: <laughs> Ugh. We still don't have a Rob it's answer. It's from the
3: French picnic, okay? Okay.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Rob is still avoiding this question because. Yeah, I
2: mean, there's look, just too who, many things. I saw you look around your room like, like, <laughs> like it was the
1: end of the fucking.
2: So no, I'm looking <laughs> at the. I'm looking at the choices I made, Austin. I'm uh-huh. looking at the speakers. Do I really give that advice? Like you know, it's really worth the spring for the speakers. Yes, it is. But also, like, one does not live.
3: Speak
1: on from your heart. Speak from your heart. Yeah.
3: If you could Speak pick any truth. one thing in this room... Yeah,
1: what if, I, what if we took away one all but one room. thing? What if we took away yeah. all but one nice thing from your life that oh wasn't your God. bed or your shoes?
3: Everything else is Ikea except for this one thing. Just think about it like that.
1: All right. Um, the most fucked up game of Saw you've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: if you take you away like, all keep the keep nice looking. things, <laughs> then I think I'm taking the upgrade hemlock. Uh, no. Um... Okay, here's here's been the fucking trooper for, like, four years now. Like, this is the thing where, like, I wasn't sold that this was an important upgrade, but, like, it was uh, a burr grinder. Uh, I did the regular, like, Mr. Coffee coffee grinder, yeah, blade grinder okay. for years and years and years. Yeah. And then I, then I was, like, I went to a friend's house, and they had one of the, um, what is it, Caprazo, uh, or, uh, like burr grinders. I can't remember the Uh the brand name. This thing lives on my, uh, you know, counter. And, uh, yeah, Capresso. Uh, That is, like, your bog standard, like, burr grinder, but it also generally does get the nod in terms of price performance. Uh, But it is just so much better than the blade coffee grinder. Right. It's
1: a, a, they crush, right? That's the thing the burr
2: grinder does instead of, like, chopping. It crushes to the same size grains, roughly. Um, And so, like, that's the wow. thing like you open up the uh like the regular coffee grinder and some of it's like sawdust and yeah. some of it's just like broken Shunk. like yeah. chunks of yeah uh grinder solves that problem and it is significantly more expensive than the than any of those cheapo coffee grinders but this thing i interact with every day of my life uh multiple times and every day like i have a great cup of coffee when I want one whereas like it turns out with that traditional like little blade grinder you're sitting there being like damn why was that cup of coffee so good and the last one tastes like I steeped an ashtray and the answer is some of this consistency wow
3: I literally just opened up it. wire cutter. I just googled wire cutter burr bur grinder, and uh, I might take the plunge hey, now. There you go. I, we get the recommendations. I've been making a lot of iced coffee, uh, cold brew in my French press, and I have been getting like inconsistent grinds from my spice grinder. I've had this like, my dad for years used this very good like from the 70s, just solidly made spice grinder for his coffee, but he upgraded to a burr grinder recently, and now I can understand why.
2: Uh, okay. Gita, for you, let me Thank also you. recommend I love uh, this Buy one of those big fuck-up mortar and pestles mm. Oh, yes, like, I gotta do that Yeah, cause Spice Grinder, yeah, that's good But like when you got like, those fresh spices and you crush them up like, It's just a different world It's a different yeah. world
3: I've been upgrading my kitchen game now that I have like an adult apartment Where we do adult things I've been make, made bread again which was great, Because I'd love to break out the Kitchen Aid whenever I can, uh, and cinnamon buns. Actually, I made some delicious cinnamon buns. I put a little cardamom in the icing too, Ooh, which was, hell it yeah. just is like it. There's something cardamom is just a very nostalgic flavor for me because every Indian dessert tastes like cardamom and milk. Like it's just what they're all made out of. Um, and it felt tasted good on the cinnamon bun, uh, and yeah, you know, to be able to get the cardamom pods. Yeah. And not use a grinder. Just just a mortar and pestle. Yeah. You smell it, the aromatics. That's what you need. Makes your I whole need kitchen feel
1: better. Just that sounds uh-huh. great. Alright, well we gave you your answer. I'm sorry that we have we've just jacked the uh important of true endorsements segment here, but it turns out that's a good segment. I feel like shit, I just want them back. Um <laughs> If you have questions, you can send them in to gaming at vice.com. We'll do our best to, to read those on the air and to give you advice if we have any about about what cool thing to, to spend your limited money on. Uh, as always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss you off the EPPL machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone B O E N. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Follow Waypoint, Waypoint on Twitter. Uh, Rob, how about you?
2: Also, just get the Glen Limited 18. It's worth huh? it.
1: Uh, where can people find Rob's dude, dude, acting on Twitter? Gita Jackson,
3: Exo Exo Gossip Gita. There
1: you go. Uh, a bunch of great stuff up on the site. Uh, there is uh, the uh, Patrick story on the the Nintendo leak that we shouted out. Um, there is uh, a piece about why the Sword and Sorcery devs have. Have waited so long to do a new a new game, um, which is which is cool. Uh, and then and then hey, uh, there there is apparently. Did you know the Metal Gear Solid uh, five PS3 players? Finally did nuclear disarmament, actually did it in the game. You can read about that also on WaypointAdvice.com. So go enjoy those stories. We'll, we will be gone over the weekend. We hope you will be able to take some rest too. Uh, I think I'll be out on Monday because I'm, I'm going to Jersey. But uh, uh, look forward to an Austin-free podcast. I'll be back later this, later next week. Uh, maybe 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 you'll sneak in that Alien Isolation conversation then on Monday you'll force Pat Patrick will have, but have to be on you have play more of it,
2: Austin. you said you I were working on, on it I did say so I was working on it I have been working on it but I'm going to be it. gone next Thursday so, I mean, so we're just going to you know what it's going to be the season of Alien what
1: people should go do is go read Rob's piece on Alien Isolation which is also on the site uh, because that will give you a taste of whatever that that conversation to come is um, alright until we can until we can meet again folks you already know what it is fuck capitalism go home also go millennials make sure to vote for for soul swap it's very important we got to win next season
3: we really really do i want this team to become good please please bye